Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Developing a life-changing attitude. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2, Reading from verse number one, the Bible says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse number two, then the Lord answered and said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run that read it. For the vision is set for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. At this time of the year, you will find out that many of us begin to think about what we are going to do in the new year. Many of us begin to plan for our, you know, plan for how our new year is going to look like. For some of us who have even begun to draw a mental picture of what we want, what we want to see, what we want to see happen in our life. For others who might even taking a step further by writing it down in a plan, actually putting it on paper to see the things that the year will bring for us. Many of us must have gone, many of us go through this process every year. And that's why the Bible says, write down the vision, make it plain, so that the people who see it will run. In other words, so that you'll be motivated to see, this is the direction that I'm going, and this is what I want to accomplish. That's why the Bible tells us that. And that is why every year we ask you to present your own prayer request. It's like a roadmap. We're asking you, it's okay, what are you looking to the Lord God Almighty to provide for you? What is the desire or what is your desire that the Lord will do for you? We do this every day so that every year so that we can pray over them corporately. Your prayer request is sitting on the altar here every year and every now and then we'll pray over it and say that the Lord God Almighty visited. Those of us who are here yesterday when we did that, when we did that prayer conference, you will remember that we prayed upon this prayer request and we said, Lord, make sure the ones that are still outstanding, we want to see the testimony. That's why we do these things. And the Lord has been faithful. He has been faithful in the past and he will continue to be faithful. There are testimonies in this room of what the Lord has done based on the requests and the prayers that have been offered from this particular place. And we do this every year so that when the year comes around we are all pumped up. We are all anticipating. We are all eager to see what God is able to do in our lives. And what you find is that, well, you know, when, when we, when we continue, to, as we, as we enter into the new year, we begin to pursue these dreams. We begin to pray this prayer. We all have this energy to see what God will do for us. But there is one interesting thing. Somehow, along the way, we'll find out that we begin to lose steam. Okay? We begin to lose the passion. The energy and the drive with which we are pursuing our prayer, with which we are pursuing the things that God has given unto us, we see that with the fervency, it becomes, you know, becomes a dissipated. You find out that after a few weeks in the new year, we begin to go back to our normal ways. 
And that is why there's a lot of uh, treadmill that has now, you know, towels and all those sort of, to- all sort of things are sitting on top of them. All those exercise machines that we buy. That is why some of them are sitting down in the garage and nobody's using them because initially you're all pumped up. But after a couple of weeks, you find that that energy dissipates. Okay? Many of us begin to revert back to our old self. We begin to revert to back to our old way of thinking. We begin to revert to back to the old way of doing things. And before you know it, the year that started with a lot of hope, the year that began with a lot of promises, the year that other you know that we're beginning to see that God is going to do new things in our life, those things begin to turn around, and we find out that the years become just like the every other year that we have had in the past, full of promises, but very very few delivery on those promises. The promising new year now looks like the past years that we have that nothing has changed. Years where hope has not been realized. Years where promises have not been fulfilled. And we begin to wonder why. What happened? Why is it that things are still the same in my life? After all, I prayed. After all, I planned. After all, I wrote down these plans on the paper. Why are things not changing for me? Why are the things remaining the same? Why is it that prayer seems not to be producing the results that I've been asking the Lord for? Why is it that it appears that I'm praying, but it appears that God is not hearing me? You are not the only one who has ever taught that kind of thoughts. There are so many people even in the scriptures who have wondered on that kind of situation. And this exactly was what Jeremiah was wondering about in the book of Jeremiah chapter 8. Jeremiah chapter 8, if you read from verse number 20, the Bible tells us there. He said, the harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. In other words, the season of productivity, the season of promises, the things that God has promised to do, those seasons, where those things are supposed to be actualized. He said, those seasons have passed. The opportunity for deliverance has gone and nothing seems to be happening. Nothing seems to have happened in my life. It appears that things are just the way they are. Then what happened to the promise of the Almighty God? Jeremiah then goes on to say, For the heart of the daughters of my people I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken over me. In order, taken hold of me. In other words, I look at the life of the people. I look at the promises of God that is given unto them. I see the things that God is able to do in their individual life. And I don't see those things happening in their life. And I begin to mourn. I begin to wonder, what is going on? Why is it that the promises that we preach, the word of God that we declare, why is it not being manifested? Why is it not turning into reality in the lives of the people of God? This was what Jeremiah was talking. He said, the hurt of the daughters of my people, their disappointment, their disappointment is now my hurts. I am mourning because they are mourning. He said, astonishment has taken over me. In other words, I am now wondering, has God stopped answering prayers? Has he taken a sabbatical from being God? Now look at verse number 22. He said, is there no balm in Gilead? In other words, is there no more God? Is there no bad in Abraham and Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is no, why is there, is there no recovery for the health of the daughters of my people? In other words, why is their prayers not answered? Why are things not happening for them? Why is it that we are doing all these things? We are saying that God can do a great thing. That God hears an answer prayer. That God visits us at the point of our need. Then why are we not seeing the results? Why? These were the questions that Jeremiah was asking. Jeremiah was saying, what happened to the plans? What happened to the promises? What happened to the hopes and the aspirations? Is there no balm in Gilead? Why has our condition remained the same? Why has our situation become unchanged? Is it because God is no longer God? Is it because God is no longer in the business of helping his people? Does it mean that God is no longer answering prayer? Why is there no recovery for the health of the daughters of my people? Why? 
This is a very heart-wrenching lamentation. Because you look at the people. You look at the amount of prayer that you put into the church. You look at the amount of follow-up that you do. The amount of call that you do. The amount of money that you put in church. And you want to see the result in the lives of people. But for some reason you are not seeing the result. And then you begin to wonder, what am I doing wrongly? Why is it that the people of God are not seeing the hand of God moving in their life? Why? Like I said, it's a very heart-wrenching lamentation. And there are many who are listening to us right now, listening to me right now, who are asking the same question that Jeremiah is asking. There are many who are saying, Lord, is God no longer God? There are many who are saying, is God no longer hearing his people? They said, there are many who are saying, why is it that my condition remains the same year after year, year after year? If I bring you the list of the prayer points that I have, they remain the same. Every year I'm asking the same thing. Why? In the case of the children of Israel, the Lord God Almighty gave them a reason why the answers to their prayer is not coming. He told them. If you flip back to Jeremiah chapter 7. In Jeremiah chapter 7, if you read from verse number 7, the Bible tells us. It says, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this land. In other words, I will make sure that nobody takes you into captivity. Now look at verse number 4. He said, Do not trust in lying words. Saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. If you go to verse number 8, he repeated the same warning again. He said, behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. In other words, the Lord is saying, your condition is not changing because you are not, you are trusting the wrong thing. Your condition is your condition is not changing because you are doing something wrong. And your situation is not changing, number one, because you are trusting in the wrong power. If you read the earlier chapters of Jeremiah, the Bible makes us understand that the children of Israel, they were trusting on the Egyptian Pharaoh to be able to come to their aid. When the, when the Babylonian powers came, they found out that the, the Pharaohs were not able to live up to their, you know, promises. So things do not happen. The answers to the prayer fail to come because the people of God are trusting in the wrong powers. The Bible says, not by power, not by mind, but by my spirit. Once you trust in the wrong power, you find out that you have, you have, you kind of a, you should change yourself. And the Lord is saying the answers to the prayers are delayed. Number one, because they trust in the wrong power. Number two, because they are trusting in their own heritage. The Bible says these people believe Jerusalem is the place where the Lord God Almighty has put his name. And because we live in Jerusalem, God's face is always going to be with us. And so we don't have any problem. We talked about grace this morning. Yeah, yeah we have grace. The grace of God is upon my life so I can live anyhow. And the Lord God Almighty is saying, no, it doesn't work that way. These people believe that because they have the temple of God in their midst, everything will be alright with them. Number one, they were trusting in the wrong power. Number two, they were trusting in their heritage. Number three, they were trusting in their righteousness. After all, we are the children of Abraham. How can God let the children of Abraham suffer? How can God let the children of Israel be taken into captivity? And the same thing believers are doing. Yes, we believe in the Lord God Almighty. Yes, we have the Spirit of God. I know how to speak in tongues. After all, the doors will open unto me because the Bible says, whenever the soul of my feet shall come upon, there he has given unto me. But we refuse to do the things that we're supposed to do. The Lord is saying the answers are not showing up because number one you are trusted in the wrong power. Number two you are trusted in your own heritage. Number three you are trusted in your own righteousness. Number four you are trusted in the institution. The temple of God. They believe when they go into the temple of the Almighty God everything will happen for them. The same time in the time in the 
In the days, in, in the days of the judges, the Bible says that they carried the, they carried the act of the covenant of God. While the nation of Israel has backslidden, they felt that anytime they carried the act of the act of the covenant of the Almighty God into battle, they were going to win. Unfortunately for them, they went into battle with the Philistines. The Bible says they carried that act. They were doing their dancing and all their reggae. And at the end of the day, the Philistines whooped their behind and took the act of covenant and put it in the house of Dagon. The point we are making is that the fact that you are called by the name of the Almighty God does not guarantee anything. If you are not going to live for God. Right. You will not see the results if you are not willing to walk the system. That is what the Lord is telling the children of Israel at that point in time. You trust in that institution. You trust in that temple. But that is not a guarantee. And then finally say you are not getting the result because you trust in false prophets. Say the prophets prophesy lies. And my people love to have it so. They turn God into what? A magician. All you have to do is just give your tithe and God will start blessing you. Even if you sit down at home and you don't do nothing. Yes, the Lord will bless your relationship even if you are very abusive and you don't know how to talk to people. Yes, the Lord will promote you even if you are very lazy and you don't show up to work. They give you all those false prophecies. The Bible says that they cannot see, they are not seeing the results because they believe in false, they believe, they trust in their false prophets. In other words, the people missed the opportunity for habit. They missed the opportunity for deliverance. They missed the opportunity for answered prayer. These people did not see change in their life because they have what I have referred to as a disease of the mind. And that disease of the mind is what I refer to as self-delusion. When you are deluded, when you are deceived yourself into believing that you can live anyhow and still expect the grace of God to multiply in your life. It doesn't work like that. Paul the apostle said, can we continue in sin and expect the grace of God to multiply? He said, never. It never happens. And that is what you find in the house of God. People who do not want to do anything. People who do not want to pray, but they want miracle. People who do not want to live a healthy life, but they want to live it. They want to enjoy good health. People who don't want to live in financial, who don't want to have financial discipline, but they want to enjoy financial prosperity. You want to disobey the basic laws of nature and enjoy the fruit of nature. The Bible says it doesn't work that way. And because the Lord knew that the children of Israel were living like that because he knew that they have convinced themselves that they have not, that they now have this self delusion in the in verse number 12 the bible tells us Jeremiah chapter 7 verse number 12 he said go and see Go now to the place. Go now to my, go now to my place, which is at Shiloh, where I set my name at first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. In other words, you are not the first person for you to be called to be associated with the Almighty God. This is Jerusalem is not the first place that I put my name. I put my name at Shiloh first. You are not the first one of people that I've had this relationship with. I've had relationship with other people. He says, look at what I did to them. If I took Israel out of Egypt with a great and mighty hand and I caused them to perish in the wilderness because of their stupidity, you think you are going to escape it? No. The Lord is saying that the answers to the prayer are not coming because you cannot live a life of self-deception and expect that God will begin to work on your behalf. It doesn't work like that. In other words, the Lord is saying, if you think that you can survive the effect of your self-deception, if you think you have convinced and deceived yourself into believing that life will go on as usual, that life will actually get better, then you have other things coming. You are sadly mistaken. Say, look at the people who have been in China before. See what I did to them. Look at the people who thought that they had it figured out. See what I did to them. 
Look at the people who thought that they had a corner on the wisdom of the Almighty God, on relationship with the Almighty God, and see what I did to them. In other words, if you deal, if you do not deal with this disease of the mind, if you do not deal with self-deception, if you do not deal with the things that is making you to avoid reality, it said that one thing you are going to understand is this. The harvest will come. Sorry, the, 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 the time of harvest will come. And you have nothing to reap. And the Lord is saying the same thing to us this morning. That the reason some of us are not seeing the changes in our lives, even when we pray all the prayers that we're praying, it is not because God is no longer in the business of hearing and answering prayer. It's not because God has taken a sabbatical from being God. No, the reason is, the reason we are not seeing the changes is because many of us are living a life of self-denial. Many of us are not confronting the reality that is our life, that our life is showing unto us. We are doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You know how that is called. You need to visit Global Bottom if you are thinking like that. We are trying hard to get something for nothing. Many of us are trying to put in as little effort into life as possible with the hope of getting a maximum return. We think that is the way it works. But it doesn't work that way, my brothers and sisters. The truth is that life does not work that way. Unless you are ready to change something in the way that you are living right now. Unless you are willing to do something different. The next year will exactly be exactly the same as this current year or the past years that you've had. Unless we are ready to wake up from our self-imposed sleep. Unless we are ready to deal with the disease of our mind. You will find out that things will remain the same. And the question is, what is the disease of the mind? The disease of the mind is the, is the condition where the mind ignores the reality that confronts it and believes a lie. And that is why ministers can come to the church and tell people all sorts of boatload of crap. And people will believe it. People will come and they will tell you that Jesus tells you not to do X, Y, Z. And then people will believe that kind of nonsense. While the consistent testimony of scripture makes us to understand that you have to cooperate with the almighty God. You have your own responsibility. God has his own responsibility. It is when you partner with the almighty God, that's when life moves forward. You cannot abdicate your responsibility and expect God to cover for you. It doesn't work that way. The disease of the mind is a condition that ignores the reality that confronts us and believe a lie. It is a condition of the way the mind chooses to live in an alternative real, alternative universe. You are wondering why people don't like you, but you have never taken the time to look at the way you talk. You are wondering why you don't have friends, and you have never tell you you have never taken the time to want to, to, to imagine to kind of calibrate how you relate with people, how you treat people, the selfishness that's in our life. We have never taken the time to look at that, and you are wondering why people don't want to stay with you. You are wondering why you are not getting the promotion. You are wondering why people are not calling you for the job or calling you for things. When you are not taking the time to focus the picture, focus the mirror at yourself and look at where the problem is. Life will not change until you are willing to change. That's basically what the Bible is telling us. And you will see this particular example of self-deception in the book of Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. The Bible tells us a story of a very, very interesting human being called Samson. Samson was one of the very few people that his birth was prophesied. He was one of the very few people who was highly anointed. He was one of the very few people whose purpose in life was defined even before he was born. 
But for some reason, this guy called Samson, he loved to have this relationship with strange people, with strange women. And for some reason, Samson is convinced that his life and his lifestyle have nothing, will have no impact upon his anointing, upon the calling of God, upon his life. He feels that he can live anyhow and the anointing of God can continue. Okay? He feels that everything can go on and he will continue to you know, enjoy the blessings of God. Anyhow. So Samson was convinced that his lifestyle will have no impact upon his calling, upon his anointing. And because Samson has convinced himself that the way he lives and the way he comports himself has nothing to do with his ministry, has nothing to do with his anointing. The Bible says that he chose to live a life of irresponsibility. He chose to associate them with a lot of questionable character. The Bible tells us that he made it a habit to position himself in a compromising situation every time. He started messing with this woman called Delilah. The Bible says that this Delilah woman kept asking him, Samson, if I want to kill you, how do I do it? If I want to cut off your head, how do I do it? If I want to punish you, how would I do it? And for some reason, this guy did not see it as, this is a warning sign. Somebody keep asking me the same question. If I want to punish you, how would I do? And he's not just asking you the question. Damson will lie to the woman. The woman will do it. And the woman will say, if you love me, you would have told me the truth. And this man was only God knows. The Lord will deliver us from the spirit of Samson in Jesus' name. But for some reason, this guy did not see anything wrong with those kind of questions. He kept messing with this woman, believing that he will be, you know, he can, he can, you know the anointing will not be destroyed. The Bible tells us that one day he woke up in the morning. Judges chapter 16, verse number 20. The Bible says, and she said, The Philistines are upon you. After he has talked Samson into releasing the secret, he said, The Philistines are upon you. So he woke up from his sleep. I want you to look at the line, the verse of the scripture that is underlined on the screen there. So he woke up from his sleep. In other words, that means he has been asleep, living in an alternative universe, and said, I will go out as before, and at other times I will shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. In other words, he was expecting the result, the usual result. He was expecting things to be the same way. He was living the careless life. He was expecting to reap a harvest, but he wasn't willing to be able to maintain that relationship. The Bible is telling us that he has, for he has gotten so used to putting himself in a compromising situation. He has gotten so used to taking the anointing for granted that even when the anointing left him, he didn't even know. He didn't know. And that is my brothers and sisters, that's what this disease of the mind can do to you. It causes you to take things for granted. It causes you to think that you are invincible. It causes you to think that the rules does not apply to you. That you can spend your money anyhow and still be a millionaire. That you can eat whatever junk you want to eat and still have a good health. That you can talk to people anyhow and still maintain a good relationship. That you can show up late at work and still get the promotion. That is the kind of thinking that messed up this guy here. You can live anyhow. Sleep with all the hallows that you can think of. Continue to mess up. Take the anointing of God for granted and still expect that the God Almighty will continue to be with you. You shake yourself out the past and then walk out as if nothing happened. That was his thinking. And that is the thinking of many believers in the church today. And that is why we are not seeing the results. The question then is what is the effect of this disease of the mind? What is the effect? Number one, I'm going to run through this very, very quickly. The effect of the disease of the mind is that it gives you a habit of neglect and indifference. You refuse to pay attention to the things that matters. 
You refuse to pay attention. You abandon the things that are necessary. You lack, you, you don't give proper care to the things that will be of benefit unto you. You allow things to deteriorate. You lack apathy. There is no concern. There is no interest. When this thing falls upon you, when this disease of the mind falls upon you, you neglect things and you, you know, you become indifferent. And that's why you don't, you don't, you don't even bother to treat people nice. You don't care about them because you think that you are, you, I mean, you are special. Every day they've told you that the world revolves around you. Without you, the sun will not come up. Without you, life will stop being life. If you don't come to church, it means God will stop being God. You know, we have been told that all our lives. We are the best thing that ever happened after sliced bread. And now when we keep doing all these things, at the end of the day, we start neglecting good relationship. We start becoming indifferent towards the things of God. And the disease of the mind continues to dig deep. Number two, you find out that the disease of the mind begins to work itself out in complaining and pessimism. You know everything, so everything that people do is not good enough. Why are they doing it like that? But you will not raise a finger to help them out. Okay? You complain there is always pessimism. Instead of you seeing the good that people are doing, you are always seeing the negative thing. That is what happens when you allow this disease of the mind to continue. You become indecisive and very timid in the way you do things in life. In other words, you refuse, you become ambivalent, you are hesitant, and you vacillate, you vacillate between opinion. You cannot make up your mind because you think, well, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. There is a lack of confidence in your approach to life. You become overcautious because you want to make sure you protect your own territory. Not only that, doubt and worry becomes part of your life, pride and delusion will then follow. And before you know what's happening, you will find out that your life becomes to go in the direction that you don't want it to go. And the results that you are expecting, the results don't show up. And if you allow the disease to remain long enough, you will find out that your progress becomes limited. Your progress in life becomes limited because I tell you, it only takes a while for people to understand to put up with somebody who has a very nasty attitude. They can tolerate you for a while. After a while, they just leave you alone. They stop talking to you. They stop relating to you. And your progress becomes limited. Opportunities, doors begin to close. And you find you begin to wonder, is God not hearing? No, check what is going on. Deal with the disease of the mind. Not only that, opportunities become wasted. Because once the door opens onto you and people can see, and they see the man behind that particular facade that you have been presenting, they say, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And that's why relationships don't last. That's why the divorce rates are going higher. And not just in the world, but even inside the church. Because a lot of people do not know how to deal with this disease that is going on there. So they waste opportunity. Not only that, success becomes elusive. They can talk a good game. They talk all the good game and then if the opportunity comes for them to be able to deliver, they are not able to deliver because they have not taken the time to build that particular stamina that is required to be able to walk through the doors of success. Not only that, relationship becomes disconnected when you allow these things to go untreated. And then finally, prayers become unanswered. You find that you pray, you pray, you pray, you begin to wonder, why is God not hearing me? Because it's a relationship. Something must be put in place. The Bible says, when I lift up my ear, when Jesus is lifted up, then he draws men to himself. If you want to draw men before lifting up Jesus, you're wasting your time. The same thing, if you want to see the answer before you put your life in order, you begin to see that certain things don't work that way. But the man or the woman who will make progress in this new year that we're about to take, the man or the woman who will move forward, especially in this new year, must be willing to purge his mind from all this disease of the mind. You must be willing to purge it. You must be willing to move away. And the question is, how do you purge your mind? How do you purge your mind? Romans chapter 12. 
reading from verse number one, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be proved that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If we sit down in this two verses of scripture, we can go on and on and on for hours because it tells you what you need to do to become the person that God wants you to be. But from this verse of scripture, let me quickly bring out a couple of things. The first thing you see is that uh, if you are going to renew your mind, if you are going to purge yourself from the disease of the mind, it means that there has to be a renewal of that mind. And what does it mean to renew the mind? The renewal of the mind simply means you control what you allow into that particular mind. Not every junk has a place in your life. It's just like you take this particular trash can, you walk into your living room, and then you empty that trash can right in the middle of the living room. That's what a lot of people do on a regular basis. By the shows we watch on TV, by the music that we listen to, by the people that we talk to, the magazine that we pick up on our checkout line. Some of those crazy, I mean, that's another story for another day. But if you are going to renew your mind, you have to control what enters your mind. You watch what you see, watch what you hear, watch what you read, watch who you relate to. Not only that, you pour your, you, you renew your mind by filling your heart with the right things. Filling your heart with the right thing. Number four, number three is to meditate on the right things. In other words, you do not allow certain things, certain thoughts to stay too long in your heart. Because the longer the thought stays in your heart, the more root they develop. They become to grow deep. And the deeper they go, the more difficult it is to be able to expunge. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.